Hello folks. In the last lecture we discussed the different ways Dasein is there and with, and the way states of minds or moods disclose to Dasein its available possibility. To reiterate, Heidegger saw everydayness as key to our self-understanding. Everydayness takes up different modes of Dasein's being in its world, that is, specific modifications of mood and understanding that are for the most part close to us even most common. As we saw in the last lecture, since Dasein's everydayness is most commonly in the inauthentic mode, we need to examine this mode a little more to get a glimpse of the structural features of its being in that mode. As these will be our first mode of access to Dasein as a whole. We've already been introduced to the idea of the they, by which Heidegger means the average public manner in which Dasein, for the most part, is. We need to understand, however, how inauthentic modes, the they-self, what Heidegger calls idle talk, help make apparent how we are ontologically. Remember, authentic and inauthentic are always ways of being Dasein, not facts about Dasein. Dasein is inseparable from the facts of its life, but not reducible to them. As such, Dasein continually projects into the world it inhabits. However, certain modes become apparent which disclose the more ontological structure of Dasein, that is, the structure which relates to its being in the world. This week, then, I want to look at some of these modes, so I will talk to you about what Heidegger has to say about idle talk, fear, anxiety and care. Part 1. It's good to idle talk. Dasein, in its everydayness, because it's being in the world is a being with others, it is compelled to compromise and negotiate its existence through the sets of possibilities of being that do not originate or are not chosen by that I. Heidegger puts this in quite forceful terms where he states there was no possibility of what he calls extrication. So even if we do something radically authentic, like go on that parachute jump on our bucket list. That will still leave the rest of Dasein to negotiate the rest of our everydayness, such as transferring from airport to the hotel, getting breakfast, checking emails, looking up Google Earth to see where restaurants are good, and the less glamorous taking a shower after your day parachuting. Even the most momentous decisions you might take, like quitting your job in the blaze of glory, will need to be followed up by catching the bus. Dasein, then, is entered into all of the things they do, and they speak. The term say is interesting here. A peculiar mode of what is reserved for the phenomenon of they talk, or what Heidegger will call idle talk, or idle chatter, as it's sometimes called. Section 35 of Being in Time is again one of the more famous sections of the book, or of being in time, that has a life outside of the text itself. And it's there where Heidegger talks about idle talk. I think this fame is because Heidegger takes up something directly, which we do not often theorise, yet it is something that we are all familiar with, and that is idle talk, or what is sometimes called gossip. The German expression Gerede means gossip, but idle talk will do for our purposes. Importantly, Heidegger does not mean this or that bit of gossip shared between friends at a party or 
over Facebook Messenger or on WhatsApp or whatever. Instead, he means that there is a whole way of being and of relating to each other, being with again, that is characterised by idle talk. So he doesn't necessarily mean like being nosy about the affairs of others, although it could be that. The piece of gossip we share is, or perhaps isn't, an ontic instance of Dasein being in this way. Heidegger warns us to not think of idle talk as a thing, as something present at hand. Idle talk has as its being the being of Dasein. In other words, idle talk is a way for Dasein to be. Like the they self, idle talk is not necessarily negatively inflected. It is what we do, and it reveals a certain type of understanding of how we are in the world. To the extent that we listen, Heidegger suggests Dasein is constantly delivered over to interpretedness, which controls and distributes the possibilities of average understanding. And we pass on the word, spreading it both as individuals and through various media channels, say, and social outlets. In other words, for the most part, the possibilities that Dasein has, and how Dasein has them, and likewise how Dasein interprets them, are in some way borrowed, are a mode of, are a phase of the public domain, from the they. With idle talk, another interesting possibility emerges, and that is that idle talk is not really a quantitative phenomenon. The they are not really a minority or a majority, as we might think in the political sense. This no-numberedness of Dasein has some implications. It means when idle talk occurs, when we listen to it, it can be big or small. The being of Dasein is characterised by everydayness and idle talk, regardless of whether that discourse circulates in, say, a tiny cultural subgroup, a clique, your neighbour community, or among billions worldwide online, say. In such idle talk, then, we are not directed to an understanding of the entities talked about, but rather at what is said in the talk, or what is gossiped about, if you want to put it in Heideggerese. Heidegger then suggests to us that idle talk tends to occupy this strange zone between the authoritative and the maladaptive, or the maladroit, maybe. On the one hand, idle talk compels and obliges us to follow what they say, on the other, idle talk opens up a path towards the future. So idle talk is like hand-me-down discourse that we all rely on and which helps us navigate the world. We could think perhaps of the public status of expertise here as a complicated example of it and something very much to the forefront of our minds during the COVID-19 pandemic. Generally, to pay attention to what experts reveal is something we take Generally, that is, as advisable, for all kinds of reasons. But we might also have to acknowledge that when experts hold forth on issues, when they put their findings into the public, make recommendations, they too are generating idle talk. This may sometimes be the case, though not always, given the nature and collective culture of science and research and cultural production, but it's also the case that in sharing their views or works with us experts inevitably participate in idle talk, even if they are right, which in turn becomes a discourse for us, where we follow what they say, and what they say shapes the possibilities which are available to us, for better or worse. The point being 
that even our most sophisticated forms of life, our most nuanced, our most well-tested, themselves succeed or fail and are dependent on idle talk. But how really then does idle talk work? What is it for? In the most basic sense, idle talk is for communication. Is is that mode of Dasein which speaks in the world. This can imply a variety of practices such as talking, signalling, sharing insights, cooperating, coordinating plans, conveying wisdom, say, playing, drawing distinctions, making a mark and so on. With idle talk, Heidegger thinks it channels how we think about the world. In Being in Time, he says, Discourse which belongs to the essential state of Dasein's being and has a share in constituting Dasein's disclosedness, has the possibility of becoming idle talk. And when it does, it serves not so much to keep being in the world open for us in an articulated understanding as rather to close it off and cover up the entities within the world. So, in some sense, Dasein is channeled towards certain possibilities within idle talk. Heidegger says idle talk covers up and it closes off. We should be careful, though. The act of closing off is not absolutely restrictive. It reframes some possibilities and makes others unavailable. When it comes to understanding what we are, our Dasein, in some way, idle talk is unavoidable. We cannot but be with idle talk. Idle talk thus affords us a horizon of understanding. And what is a horizon in this context other than a metaphor for possibility? Idle talk, therefore, is the start of all genuine comprehension, talking, interpreting, and communication. So while idle talk closes off, as Heidegger says, it also equips with the capacity to open up, discover, and be curious. Think of it like listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Idle talk discloses the they-self and precipitates curiosity. Quite often, in public academic versions of Heidegger, a form of idle talk if ever there was one, we are given the sense that inauthenticity, idle talk and the they-self are bad, or often at least, that's an impression that's out there about Heidegger. And in contrast, authenticity, resoluteness and decision-making are good. Heidegger, though, as I've said already, is not a dualist, and he gives a more complicated picture of idle talk than this. In many ways, idle talk is that thing we say in English, where we say something like, you know, talk is cheap. Now, usually this means that people gas on or blather away when they could be doing something important or meaningful. And idle talk does have this element to it. It can be cheap shallow, it can be distracting, and absorb us in all kinds of trivialities. Your average Twitter feed is uh, probably a good example, I think. Having said this, idle talk is also a kind of cultural repository, although I think repository is not the best word as it is passive, that is, somewhere you store things. Perhaps a circulating repository might be better. Idle talk is one of the basic ways we transmit knowledge and understanding. That's what I'm driving at. And in this sense, idle talk matters. It is one of the most vital elements of being alive because it is connected to Dasein as the form of life would survive. Idle talk circulates humanity's traditions, propagates them, reproduces them. And that can include things like intellectual ideas, practice, artistic achievements, technological achievements. 
and elucidates how the past moved towards the future. Certainly, idle talk can give us watered-down versions of the truth, but at the same time, it also enables us to open up to the future and discover things afresh with new ideas. Idle talk is thus essential to philosophising as it enables curiosity, which Heidegger turned to in section 36 of Being in Time. Heidegger suggests there that idle talk is connected to curiosity, revealing that there was something essentially restless about Dasein. Curiosity is a kind of restless, distracted taking in of the view of things. Heidegger says this is what everyday Dasein is like when it rests. So even when we are resting, we are in fact moving. He identifies three main features of curiosity. Firstly, we do not tarry in the environment of concerns. Secondly, we are continually distracted by new possibilities or or new views or new vistas. And thirdly, we never dwell anywhere in particular. We are continually uprooting ourselves, so to speak. And this is a type of uh, seeing, making explicit a form of insight for Heidegger. Idle talk, therefore, can reveal that we are the beings that uproot ourselves. And there is something empty or maybe placeless about this. Curiosity is seeing how things are, in no way in particular. It requires an appreciation of the thereness of idle talk, but also a sense that idle talk is one possibility among many. If it says anything to itself or about what it sees, then it says what they say. So curiosity really discloses what distinguishes the human, and that is that we are philosophical beings. For Heidegger, authentic existence is not something separate, floating above everydayness. It is only a modified way in which we grasp everydayness. Again, Heidegger reminds us that authenticity is not a separate state, far removed from everydayness, but a different way in which Dasein can take hold of its everyday existence. Of course, easier said than done, right? All this grasping and taking hold of is inherently uncertain, and where things are uncertain, we are invariably given over to forms of risk, hazard and fear. Part 2. Fear is a state of mind. The question of fear brings us to one of the most palpable discussions in being in time. If Heidegger is trying to get to the essence of what it means to be humid, did the what it is likeness of being alive would surely require a reflection on the question of fear. Heidegger describes fear as a type of particular mood, fear or being afraid, in order to make explicit the ontological structure underlying not just fear, but other moods. As we saw last week, state of mind or attunement is a very important feature of Dasein's being in the world. There are a few things to grasp then with considering fear and Dasein's orientation to the world. There are three elements to consider. Firstly, that in the face of which we fear or the fearsome. Two, fearing itself. Three, that about which we fear or the thing we're afraid of. For example, let's say I'm having a nice walk in the countryside. I come upon a situation where some previous roamers have neglected to close a farmer's gate. All of a sudden, I see a rather irate bull in the field. Now the bull has my attention. It is quite clear they might charge me. I am afraid. Here, obviously, it is the bull that I fear. But not just the bull as a mere thing, as an entity President had, but something 
about it that is dangerous or uncanny even, something which is life-threatening. So fear is fear of a particular object for sure, but such fear can elide into existential questions. Specifically, fear for Heidegger has to have an object, the bull, the snake, the cliff, the spider, the bad dream, whatever. This is worth remembering as Heidegger, uh, as we will soon see, draws a distinction between fear and anxiety. With anxiety being a-specific or objectless, fear tends to be quite specific. Fear in itself refers directly to that which is frightening me, and as an emotion, fear is an optical phenomenon. The bull in the field threatens me, suggests some harm may come to be, even if that harm has not been actualised at this point. And thus it might not, in some sense. Dasein is fearful, or that Dasein is fearful, is part of its thrownness. Again, this should not be thought of in the abstract. For Heidegger, when we fear, we are well and truly afraid. Fear is something palpable, indeed, bringing about an effective turbulence within my inner life, say. It is not just that there is a bull in the field out there objectively. The objective bull generates a feeling of dread, a looby attitude that something bad may happen to me, to which I can either flee or confront. In sections uh, 35 to 38 of Being Time, Heidegger analyses, if we recall, the condition of falling in which Dasein understands itself in terms of the world around it in such a way that it falls against the world falls into ways of doing things, allows itself to go along with things. This too could be said to happen to fear. When we are afraid, really afraid, our attention is focused on on the object to such a degree that all else fades into the background. Sort of almost like we fall into a deep fascination. Think of a, a backfiring car or a sudden loud shout when you're in your own thoughts as you walk down the street. All of a sudden, your attention is on a particular object. With fear, Dasein cannot but be steered towards gravitate to understanding itself in ontic terms, and worse, it fails to take hold of its existence as its own. Instead, Dasein fears as they fear, does what they do and speaks how they speak, which again is not necessarily a bad thing. Heidegger describes Dasein's falling as a fleeing in the face of itself, this means that the self is disclosed, albeit in a mode of turning away or fleeing, even in falling. So, even in falling then, even when we become afraid, say, we cannot possibly avoid how Dasein still reveals itself as thereness. What is required then is something to reverse this moment, so that Dasein comes face to face with its being there, or the simple fact of its being in the world. In section 40, for example, we get a really important part of the book. In many ways, Division Wood is leading towards this. This is also a very well-known part of being a time, and of all the things we have considered uh, up to this point, ready to hand, present to hand, authenticity, inauthenticity, the question of being, interpretist, as I being at the work, all coalesce in a rather marvellous way. And the notion that ties all the different modes of Dasein together is anxiety. As opposed to fear, anxiety, Heidegger suggests, is indefinite and not directed towards any specific thing. Anxiety is a mood that is unusual and significant because of what it discloses. Instead of disclosing Dasein's relation to this or that thing in the world, or even more or less 
all things, for example, when I'm in a bad mood, everything appears as a source of annoyance or needless provocation. Rather, Dasein is anxious in the face of itself. That is to say, it is anxious about being in the world as such and for itself. That is, is anxious for its being possible. We would fear, we've seen Dasein certainly can be afraid of specific things or particular threats in the world. But the concept of anxiety, well, that's reserved only for its own being, for the fact that its being is at stake for it. But to say this, to say this really banal and obvious thing, that Dasein is interested in its life, is profound only because of the absence, the absence which indicates that what is the most pressing thing for Dasein, and that is, is how to lead a life, and in this way, anxiety reveals the ambiguity of what our life is. Life is itself a form of nothingness, or it is haunted by notness, say. So it's not nothing, but it's haunted by notness. Which is the same thing as saying it's haunted by possibilities or things it might or might not become. Thus, anxiety turns out to be just what Heidegger needs to bring Dasein face to face with itself, and thus to get access to Dasein's being as a whole. Part 3. Anxiety as Care It's true anxiety that Dasein gains access to the fundamental character of its being as a whole, which is more fundamental than any specific structure and way of being. As such, anxiety opens a door to a fully ontological analysis. Especially apart here where Heidegger says that in anxiety, the totality of involvements significance collapses and world becomes completely lacking significance. Hence, anxiety is no thing. Perhaps one of the few times English works well with Heidegger. But if you think about it, if anxiety is no one thing, then it concerns, well, anxiety concerns that which is everywhere and nowhere at once. In Heidegger's own words, uh, and I quote him here, He says, therefore, that which threatens cannot bring itself close from a definite direction within what is close by. It is already there, and yet nowhere. It is so close that it is oppressive and stifles with breath, and yet it is nowhere. What Heidegger is pointing towards here is that anxiety is essential to what we are. If we are to understand ourselves at all, if we want to reach any truth, self-insight, or gain a sharper sense of the life we want to lead, then we need to acknowledge that anxiety, in the words of the computer scientist, is a feature, not a bug. Let's put it in more technical terms. Heidegger emphasises that anxiety is a basic form of being in the world that discloses being in the world as such. And, again, as he says himself, he says here, the disclosure and the disclosed are existentially self-same. Heidegger is here hit to get a truth of existence. What Dasein is thinking about in anxiety is how being in this world is disclosed to and as being in the world, regardless of any particular way of being in itself. Anxiety implies a type of rootlessness to Dasein, which is not restricted to particular tasks and modes. And this is fundamental. There's something errant about anxiety. It's not really tied to any one thing. But the more significant point for Heidegger is that to be the human that is anxious is to be human. For the most part, 
Dasein is absorbed in the world and being alongside others and being alongside things and getting on with things and taking care of business, so to speak. But in anxiety, all this can fall away to leave Dasein face-to-face simply with its own being possible. That is, the fact that it exists as potentiality for being. In this way, Dasein is individuated. It is true, as Heidegger says, and I quote Heidegger here, back upon that which is anxious about namely its own authentic potentiality for being in the world. End quote. If the idea of authenticity is normally associated with being well-rooted, with belonging, it undergoes somewhat of a reversal here for Heidegger, where authentic existence faces up to its not being at home in the world. This is what Heidegger calls uh, uncanniness or unheimlichkeit, so, which translates as, I think the best we could do is not homeliness or unhomeliness. Anxiety then is very much part and parcel of being alive. We are always unheimlich, or in some sense, at odds with the world. Now, this is neither good nor bad, it is just the way it is. There is, though, a type of spookiness attached to the way anxiety suffuses our existence. I don't think this is quite the way or quite what the existentialists mean by the absurd it is not portentous in that sense it is more a case of how banally weird it is to lead a life basically Heidegger is asking us to acknowledge anxiety that the unheimlich or the uncanny as it is often termed is part of both who we are and who we might become Unfortunately, this is not something us humans are best pleased with. and We would do anything rather than face down either our own mortality or the fact that being alive just is very spooky, unheimlich. It's a very spooky thing to have to go through being alive. Indeed, there's even something almost comic about it. That is, if you think about it, we're the beings who search for meaning, but are at odds with meaning. What uh, anxiety discloses then is the sense that Dasein is always disposed towards the totality of its existence, that is, the whole of its life, which is equivalent to saying all the potentialities available to it from birth to death. In the following passage, Heidegger sums up the problem. We cannot really understand the whole of life from the perspective of parts. And I quote Heidegger here, To put it negatively, it is beyond question that the totality of the structural whole is not to be reached by building it up out of elements. For this, we would need an architect's plan. The being of Dasein, upon which the structural whole, as such, is ontologically supported, becomes accessible to us when we look all the way through this whole to a single primordially unitary phenomenon, which is already in this whole in such a way that it provides the ontological foundation for each structural item in its structural possibility. Okay, a bit of a mouthful. In short, what Heidegger is referring to here is the idea of care. Care is that dimension of Dasein which concerns itself with the leading of a life. And in some sense, anxiety is care in many ways. If you're anxious, you are concernful about how the world is and what it might become. Care is the name for this ontological structure that makes the various elements of Dasein's being a whole. Like authenticity, care is neither a deficient nor a beneficent mode of Dasein. 
Rather, it is the way we dispose ourselves towards the leading of a life. And this means, necessarily, the past and the future are of issue to us. As such, then, if we... If the name of the book is being in time, then the being of Dasein is care, where care reveals that Dasein is always ahead of itself. What Heidegger is trying to do in all of being in time is make explicit what we are, and what we are as beings in the world. And here we find that care is ahead of itself, or futural. Care then shows that our average everydayness is itself constituted from projections and possibilities. Basically, we are what we do and we comport ourselves towards ourselves as ourselves, as the beings that lead a life, that are that lays claim to possibilities, and for whom the past and the future are all that we are. By way of conclusion, we have seen this week how all the different modes of Dasein tend to converge on the question of anxiety. We saw how the discourse on idle talk reveals something limiting and also something enabling and enriching. Anxiety, too, is a concept captures the essential ambiguity of what it is like to be alive. Moreover, anxiety, as opposed to fear, reveals something essential about Dasein. Anxiety reveals Dasein's notness. Not that Dasein does not exist, but that it cares for the activities which are available to it as possibilities. In other words, the things which it are not, are the things which it is not, are perhaps the things which matter the most to Dasein, oddly. Spookily, even, one could say. Care shows us the projective nature of Dasein, that the being of Dasein is an issue for it, has been described in terms of Dasein's acting for the sake of a possibility of its own existence. As this possibility lies in the future, Heidegger describes this aspect of Dasein's existence as its being ahead of itself, not as a relation to things or events in the future, but rather as being itself precisely as being ahead of itself. One could say that this is Dasein in its relation to its potentialities that make up its being, but it might be better to say that it is Dasein as potentiality for being. That is, that Dasein's relationship to its future is structured by its being as potentiality. Such a future is not free-floating. Dasein always finds itself delivered over to itself in such a way that it is in each case thrown into a world, and this is what's called Dasein's facticity. Factically, then, I take over or just go along with what, I, with what already is taken together. Heidegger can now say that Dasein's being is, and this is a bit of a mouthful as well, Dasein's being is ahead of itself in already being in a world. He puts all of those, he makes that pretty much one compound word. In this way, the future and the past dimensions of Dasein's existence are now before us. And this is an appropriate place to end here as we move to Division 2 of Being and Time. Dasein is time.